it look like out there? Yeah, uh, it looks like snow, just like I predicted in my forecast from the studio. I'm not sure why I'm out here literally looking around. It looks like snow. You could just take a video of it snowing and show that. Why do I have to be here to describe snowfall? It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Seems like the cold has gotten you in an icy mood yourself, Ryan. Okay, you know what, Shannon? I am in an icy mood, okay? Nice pun, by the way. All right, I was just standing out here for 20 minutes waiting for you guys to throw to me, and I was just, oh, doing some thinking. I spent $120,000 on a degree and four years in college to come out here and look around and describe what I see. I literally learned that in kindergarten, I spy. It makes zero sense. Also, you know what else I was thinking while we're at it? When it's like a nice day or sunny, you never send me out to the lake or to the pool for a live shot, but oh, when there's a hurricane or snowing or a blizzard or a flood, send me out there. I'll cover it. Perfect. I guess you have a Welcome point there, Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? Welcome, everybody, to a live stream edition of Liberty Lockdown. I don't do that very often, but we are doing it late night. I have my brother from another mother, despite his religion, one of my favorite human beings to walk the earth, Robbie the Fire Bernstein. How you doing, brother? What a sweet intro. It's nice to see you, Mr. Clint. <laughs> despite your religion. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, the reason I reached out, I, we had been planning to do this for a while, but the news is is a popping. So I was like, let's <laughs> let's hit this while it's hot, you know? Uh, I assume you've you've been paying attention to what's happening with Texas, right? Loosely, I saw. Yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with the barbed wires, with uh, Wheelie Boy saying, "I'm keeping the barbed wires up." Yep. Old man Biden turning around and going, "Well, I'll fight you," and things are starting to pop off. It's it's wild, man. Like what? It's weird because I'm both heartened and heartbroken simultaneously. Because I'm like, I'm like, wh where were you guys all through the? 2020 to present era like where where was the courageous coming together when they shut down your businesses and your churches and they masked your children and they broke their brains and then they forced stuff in your body no no one cares but then like pablo comes across the border and you guys are like man up let's go to the border. <laughs> it's uh but I, I regardless setting that setting my personal grievances aside uh i am i'm not gonna lie this is a, a pretty amazing moment as the latest reporting is that 26 states have all signed on uh, basically standing with Texas. And the Biden administration came out just a, a few minutes ago announcing that they were leaving a, a deadline for Texas to comply. So let me run that video for us real quick. Oops, this one. There we go. Well, as it stands right now, you might be able to make out behind me. Texas's razor wire is still here inside of Shelby Park. It remains untouched. However, the Biden administration has now warned Texas it has until tomorrow to allow Biden's border agents back into Shelby Park and the ability to remove Texas's razor wire as it sees fit. A federal attorney writes to Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton that the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Biden administration ending a temporary temporary restraining order that prohibited Biden's border agents from touching Texas razor wire in and around Shelby Park. The Biden administration goes into detail about the access it wants. It wants access to Shelby Park, also the nearby boat launch and the International Bridge. So, as 
So there you have it. They have a, a deadline for tomorrow, and we'll see. I mean, this is this is a I, real flashpoint. I think that this is a great tactical move by Texas, and the reason being is uh, the Biden administration has been trying to play this cartoonish line of that the barbed wire is getting in the way of people who need to protect the border. Uh, I encourage everyone, go watch my end-of-year recap. I did an entire segment on... Uh, another cartoonish play by the Biden administration where they took the border wall that had already been purchased and then paid to store the border wall instead of putting up the border wall. And what Biden said at the time was that putting up a border wall was not a serious policy solution. The, jo <laughs> the joke I made is to sit in the Oval Office when you're surrounded by walls and say walls don't work. <laughs> like, what does that mean? You're surrounded by walls right now. Well, so why I like this strategic move, and you, there's a video, by the way, of Kirby being uh, grilled by Dookie, and he's just trying to sell it as uh, this is we need to get rid of that barbed wire because that's what we're hearing. It, it, I don't understand how the barbed wire can possibly be preventing people from securing the border. If someone could please explain that to me. Sometimes, you know, I'm a dumbass and things just don't make sense to me. So as to how a preventative, uh, it, it would seem like the frontline workers, unless they were trying to evacuate Mexico into the United States, <laughs> that would be the only task that barbed wire would be getting in the way. But just to go full circle here, the reason I love this is if the Biden administration is forced to go down there, and to forcibly remove the barbed wire, I don't know how they do that without explaining to the American public what exactly is their better plan for securing the border and how is the barbed wire getting in the way of them doing so. Well, here's the here's the harsh reality of it. They don't have any intention of securing the border. Their entire plan is this humanitarian proposal where they are basically capturing the people as they come across the border and processing all of them. But what does the processing mean? Well, they don't actually have the, the courts necessary or anything to, to do this process. So they usually just do basically like a like they're fishermen. They're catching and releasing over and over again. And they give these people a date a year or two down the road. They don't show up and then they're just in the wind. And, and they're Last month, it was uh, over 300,000 encounters, which was the most documented in history. You have to imagine, given that these are government figures, uh, it's far, far higher than that even. So we're talking, what's that, at least 4 million annually? Like, at least? I think the number I saw today, and, and this was from an article in the, I think, the Daily Caller, but it's as many as, like, I think 20 million people since the beginning of the Biden administration, which is <laughs> staggering if that's accurate. Well, according to uh, a new study that came out recently, and allegedly this is Tucker Carlson's reporting, he said that there was three, you know, liberal academics that that reevaluated because I'm sure you've heard the number before: ten to twelve million is what they always say. That's the amount of illegal immigrants in America. Um, this new liberal academic study says it's twenty-two million. I think it's I think that's totally laughable. I would be surprised if there aren't twenty million just in California alone. Uh, someone who's from California, it's an astronomical figure. And, and let me also clarify, because I know every time I talk about immigration at all, people, you know, assume there's some sort of racial connotation. It, uh, it, it's not the case. I grew up in San Diego, knew lots of Asians and Mexicans and a whole bunch of migrants. Probably half of the people I knew were migrants and they're good people. It's, there's no animosity here, but the reality is, is that our, our financial condition is so dire. If you're going to allow three, I mean, at, at minimum 4 million over the next 12, 12 months, probably 10 million or so, 
<laughs> in the beginning of Biden's uh, presidency. I mean, these are these are figures that will ultimately uh, and absolutely change the the fiber of our civilization, our voting population. None of us are f fans of democracy, but as long as democracy is standing, given that first generation migrants vote almost entirely for the Democrats, that is a concerning figure. Yeah, well, it's interesting on the voting because, you know, they've been talking about that for a while. And it seems like uh, the Republican Party uh, has been pulling in more of the South American vote. But with all that said, you can't. It, this seems intentful by the Biden administration, and there's not enough reporting on it that it's it, you look at the cost of the Ukraine war, the idea that we can't build a wall and we can't afford to build a wall or that somehow there's some other policy solution other than like I, I'm all for. Listen, I'd be all for open borders if we didn't have uh, socialism in this country and we didn't have to foot the bill for everything. I'm all for open borders. I like it. Force people, uh, force countries to, uh, you know, work for people. And uh, people will pursue the best possible opportunity. It'll be like what we see in our country as people flee California and you get to realize what states are or aren't working. I'm all for it. But with the way that we got socialism in this country, we can't afford it. And I think there's just something to be said for within the structure of democracy. We're supposed to be allowed to make choices. And I think if you ask most people, they don't just want people pouring over the border. That's not what they're looking for. And... As more people that didn't have to confront the reality of people pouring over the border are now confronting it, you've got very liberal uh, mayor in New York City going, hey, this isn't sustainable. You've got crazy stories of uh, – I, I, I was on a podcast the other day. Someone was saying that in New York, you've got kids that are now going back to Zoom learning because there's so many immigrants in their classes. I don't know if that's – I don't know if that reporting is accurate. But the point I'm just trying to make is that we should have some control over, as just citizens, control over our country. And this is not popular. It's not sustainable. It doesn't make sense. We can secure the border. I, I don't accept for one second that with the resources that we have, we cannot be building a wall down there, putting troops down there. It, it, uh, look at the way they managed to monitor January 6th and round up every person with hours of footage. If for one second we cared about stopping this, we could in a heartbeat. Uh, and for some reason, the Biden administration seems to intentfully be trying to bring as many people into this country as possible, which uh, will have repercussions. Uh, and I, I don't understand, A, like why they're doing it outside of, you know, the conspiracy theories I've heard that they want a young military force that's not native to this country because they will be uh, cheaper to make use of and they won't have the same allegiances to uh, nice fine white people like you and myself <laughs> which is the worst way to put it but you go <laughs> that's the worst way. I, <laughs> but th you I think it's more it's more that they just wouldn't have allegiance to the domestic population not necessarily the caucasians specifically i actually think they're going to go after the blacks that's why i think if anything <laughs> the blacks should be most concerned about the mexican youtube he's over a comedian do not strike me for a joke you sons of bitches don't you do it and for uh, some reason all these people pouring over the border they don't fentanyl themselves <laughs> Jesus Christ, Robbie. Um, yeah, well, look, I, I, I have done uh, enough research into this to to go into the conspiracy realm. Actually, I, I watched this uh, Muckraker documentary uh, earlier today at the gym because I had nothing to do. And I was like, all right, let's let's throw this thing on. And it's this American journalist and he, he gets in the convoy all the way from South America, th straight through Central America, Mexico, the whole the whole way. He hikes through this rainforest. He gets on the top of a train. He gets into this like, uh, you know, 
not not a carriage, but just inside of some some big uh, truck or something. I don't know what it was. Uh, storage unit. It looked like, it, but all every step of the way. I'm not not exaggerating. Every step of the leg. He number one. There are there are UN and NGOs that are handing out maps to these people on with multiple different locations on the American border. Like like I'm talking thousands of miles away from America. They're handing them maps with locations of where they ought to cross into America. On top of that, every step of the way, he asks the migrants, where are you from? Where are you going? And which presidential candidate do you want to see win in 2024? And to a man, I'm talking hundreds and hundreds. They all say Joe Biden. There you go. Joe Biden likes the immigrants. Donald Trump doesn't like the immigrants. So I don't think you have to be a fucking wizard to figure this out. Like, they plan to offer mass amnesty, and then they are going to have a 20-plus million voting block that is extraordinarily loyal to the Democrat Party. Tell me I'm wrong. I think it's a uh, reasonable theory. I think uh, it's more likely that they're looking for uh, – I mean, we have to get rid of birthright citizenship. We should just get rid of that right now because it, what, you're, what we're describing is not – it's so quintessentially just not fair. Everyone who lives in this country, if they look at that, they just go, I don't want that. And as people have to confront the actual reality of it, of these people being imported to their towns and villages and losing resources for police, losing resources, people like free shit. That's why everyone's voting. That's why everyone likes this uh, liberal democracy is, hey, go steal some slice of pie for me. I like yeah. eating some pie. I want my go, free health care. Go rob I want that my... dude and feed me. Yeah. Right. And when all of a sudden you're seeing that that other guy's being robbed and it's being given to some guy who just snuck over the border and you're not getting opportunity, people are, people are, I, I, I just don't think it's going to stand. I think that there's some things that get people so enraged. It's just that it's so quintessential. It's like the re the same reason why this last time when they did the bank bailouts, they had to send everyone a check. It's because everyone just was not going to stand for it. It just was not fair. But you bribe everyone by sending them a check. They go, all right, fine. I don't really care what you send to the banks as long as I'm getting mine. Yeah. So it, you, you I, give you give the banks a trillion. You give me two two k. We're even. That's all. Like, I mean, that's how stupid people are. They just need that check. They just need that check for two thousand dollars. But I think on this one, it's just so remarkably. It's just not fair. It's such. A, you know what I mean? It doesn't even need more analysis than that. Yeah. Sneaking twenty million people into the country just so that they'll vote for you. And that we can't possibly have a conversation about being more fiscally conservative. It's I, I, I mean, there's nothing more to say about it. It's not fair, and I think yeah. everyone understands that. Yeah, uh, well, everyone that's thinking at, at all rationally. I mean, what they what they've attempted to do is clearly, you know, weaponize our empathy, our sympathy for the migrants, and it's like. That, that's why I always have to clarify, because every time I talk about this, that people assume that there's callousness here. It's not callous to like I am I'm looking. I watched this documentary and my whole thought the entire time was like, man, I feel really bad for these people because like they're but they're they're marching through rainforest for three to four days straight with like their kid on their back through mud. They're risking their lives like what they're going through is extraordinary. And, and I'm sure many of them would make for great Americans. The reality is that it's just flatly not sustainable. It's just, it can't, like, if you care at all, like, you have to have some level of prioritization over your people versus the rest of the world, unless you're a globalist. If you're a globalist, then I guess, yeah, take take everybody. 
Uh, ISIS we need. fighters, ISIS fighters that defect, <laughs> bring them on over. Whatever, fuck it. Let's uh, let's hire Hamas to build a tunnel to Canada, and let's just send the people straight through. <laughs> um, I think I, they they would take them. <laughs> Yeah, and they're great at building tunnels. That's what they like to do. So we might as well. Uh, maybe Robbie we... knows all about their tunnel building. Capacity. Yeah, maybe we can get the the Chabadniks to partner with Hamas on building tunnels to get to get the uh, immigrants to Mexico. Um, <laughs> I had a more serious point a second ago, but I forgot it. Well, while you while you think about that, I'm gonna yes. pull up pull up this video of Tucker Carlson who went to liberate Canada for no oh. explicable reason today. Or do you I remember, remember what I was going to say. Go for and it. now I just forgot it again. That was pretty <laughs> remarkable, ADD. It really, it came back to me. No, so on, on your point of uh, of the non-sustainability, I like I said, firstly, I actually find that there's some cultures that I don't like, and it's not South America. I like South Americans. Same. I find more often than not, they're attractive, they're hardworking, they're upbeat, they're nice people. I very rarely interact rhythm. with someone yeah. from South America that I have a problem with. I, I won't say music. that. I won't say that about all cultures. There's Fantastic some gonna... parades. <laughs> they can handle their booze. I mean, they're good people. Yeah. Yeah, all around. I'm a fan. But I think we can. This is what makes government so dysfunctional: is that their pitch is, "Hey, put put us in charge, and we'll take care of these things." And there is a pathway to citizenship. We could actually have a conversation about. Who do we want to have in this country? And we can make pathways to citizenship available to them. Or I'm okay with second-class citizens. I'm okay with work permits. I'm okay with you having kids here and your kids are never citizens and not allowed to vote. And guess what? That might be the best option for some people. And then maybe that's a fair compromise of there's a work opportunity here for you. This company would like to hire you. You have to start educating the general public here that, uh, you know, uh, not having unions might actually mean that you have roads that work and that you can actually take a subway for cheaper and you can show up to places on time. And yeah, there would be an educational aspect to the fact that cheaper labor doesn't put us all at a loss. Yes, your one friend with a union contract might be better off, but guess what? Maybe there's a better job for that person or that mm. there's enough wealth that could be created. These are This is an educational problem. But just to, <laughs> yeah, That's but, the problem. Do you want but, to educate the American people? Good luck, brother. Right. But getting back just specifically to the border, I have sympathy for these people. I like these people. But you can't just you can't just decide that if the entire country doesn't want people just pouring in over the border, that we're just going to have them pouring over the border. Like, that's not a functional democracy. At least with the democracy, we're supposed to have some control to go, hey, this is what I, I, I'm going to vote to have a wall. OK, well, government's got enough money. We can go build that wall. But you no, can't actually, just decide, actually, Robbie. You're wrong. Yes. We don't have we don't have the funds for the wall. We have 180 or so billion dollars for Ukraine and their national defense. We right. don't have five billion for a wall at our southern border. But just my point to clarify is, that. if your pitch in government is that you're going to govern, then go do that. Come up with a policy decision for who gets to come in here. How do they come in here? And don't tell me that you can't do that. Don't tell me that you can't process people because then let's not do the government thing. That's what I mean. That's just the, my right. simple OCD analytical brain. If you're telling me that the pitch is that you guys are going to govern, then govern. Come up with a system for how people come into this country. Sit down, figure out how we process them, figure out who we want here. Who do we want to give work permits to? Is it based off an IQ test? Is it based off of do you have a job here? Is it just based off of, hey, we're going to have a lottery system and this many people get to come in? You can figure out a system. It's the I still, I still think the Hoppian sponsorship 
plan makes a ton of sense. Like you have all these bleeding hearts that that claim, like including the anarchists and the hard open border libertarian types. It's like, okay, well, let's just make that the proposal. You have to take legal liability for any debts incurred by these folks. If they come over and they get cancer and they need, uh, you know, medical care so or whatever, you have like to personally check them for fentanyl. You. Yeah, you got to check that, dude. You got to check their keister. You got to do the whole thing. Pat down everything. Um, look, all right, so let's let's transition because there's a lot of like rebellion. It just seems like the spirit of rebellion is is it had lied dormant for a very long time and it has just catapulted to the fore over the past few weeks. And I don't know why it's happening, but I'm certainly not complaining. We got Tucker Carlson who goes to Canada and he says this. We're standing on the commanding heights over Edmonton, Canadian Rockies on the one side, Prairie on the other. We came as on D-Day by air, but we came not to subjugate or enslave, but to enlighten and to liberate. We came to bring the fragrance of freedom to the rotting corpse of despotism. And never has a people needed it more, the Canadian people, oppressed by Justin Trudeau. But it doesn't need to be that way. These are the people who once brewed Molson, who commanded sled dog teams, who played hockey outside in the winter. They have it in them to throw off the yoke of totalitarianism. They need only to be reminded that they can. And they also need to learn, it doesn't have to be like this. You don't have to be the country with the fastest declining standard of living in the so-called Western world. You can do better. You just need better leadership. So we hope to awaken them. Wish us luck. I mean, what the fuck is happening? Why is, why? I mean, yes, I applaud it too, but like, why is Tucker Carlson in Canada doing this? I love Tucker Carlson in Canada trying to inspire the Canadians to revolt. <clears throat> I love it. What was, uh, I didn't fully read the news story this past week, but Trudeau got busted for some sort of a nonsense of, uh, what he pulled on the, 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 the truckers. Did you see that story? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, whatever their version of the Supreme court came down and basically said, Hey mate, or sorry, uh, Hey buddy, <laughs> you, uh, you violated the, the human rights of your people, knock it off. And, and his, his henchman lackey, Christia Freeland comes right out and says, uh, we, we just want to remind everybody that it was during a crisis and we, we've given it serious consideration at the time. And even in hindsight, we've given it even more consideration and we still believe that we did the right thing and we will be appealing the court's decision because, in fact, we do perceive every man, woman and child of Canada to be our property. Uh, so they haven't learned a fucking thing and they're total totalitarians. Well, we got Tucker Carlson to go over there and film videos and remind them. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, well, I guess we'll see what comes of it. It's just fascinating because he has been, his name has been bandied about as a vice presidential uh, option for Trump. And I'm like, I'm like, are they trying to like seed the ground for some sort of invasion into Canada under Trump's presidency? Because that would be really, really bad news. Uh, even though the Canadians certainly do deserve to be liberated, I, I am still a non-interventionist, despite the fact that I, I oftentimes will joke with uh, Luke Radowski about invading Canada because I like them. They're good people. Uh, what's what's your solution? I mean, do you think uh, do you think the Canadians have any shot? Because I don't even understand how t how someone like Trudeau gets into power, much less how he remains there. And it seems like he's been there my entire life, even though I know it's only been, I don't know, seven, eight years. I don't understand Canadian po uh, uh, politics in any capacity. Yeah. And uh, it's like it, they speak it, French and shit. Who knows what? <laughs> no, but, it, you know, it's interesting because you do interact with people in other countries who culturally seem very different than us. And every Canadian I know, which is mostly comics, a lot of very funny comics out of Canada, they seem to have the uh, same sensibilities as we do. So I don't understand uh why they i don't understand why their country is so much more uh socialized and i remember talking to people during COVID, and they seem to be uh substantially more locked down than we were 
for much longer periods of time and to have uh, just been, I guess, willing to take it. So I, I guess maybe it's that Canadian uh, um, politeness that we yeah. always made fun of them for, that they're also more docile and willing to just be subjugated by a ruler. But it's uh, it, it, it Canada always felt like an extension of the United States, just the uh, lamer, friendlier version that avoided wars or, or whatever, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? But I, so I don't, I don't understand what goes on in that country that Trudeau is tolerated. But then a lot of times, I, I don't know how people were suckered by COVID for two years. Yeah. Uh, or why they tolerate anything that we've dealt with. So like, we got to kind of look in the mirror before we throw stones or whatever the fucking saying is. Yeah. I, I interviewed a bunch of the, the trucker convoy guys. I had them like live streaming from the trucker convoy. And these are really awesome dudes, like awesome human beings. So I do, I am not going to talk shit about all Canadians, uh, particularly given that we didn't do a damn thing to, to stop the lockdowns either. Um, but it does seem as if they are getting abused on a, on a scale that is pretty remarkable. I know you're from New York, uh, at least originally. Are you still there? I don't even know. No, currently, uh, I live out in Connecticut. I'm originally from Connecticut, but I've definitely uh, spent a lot of time in New York too. Okay. absorbed a lot of New York Jewiness. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe Rogan had something to say about the modern liberals I thought was interesting. Over time, this is what we're seeing. So over time, you and I, who used to be on the left, are now like, where's the left? Where are you guys? You yeah. guys are so far away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah. can't even see you. Yeah, yeah. You're out of your mind. You're you're, you're fucking chopping dicks off and, and giving <laughs> little kids yeah, yeah. hormone blockers. You have no idea what the long-term consequences are. You're ignoring the health risks. You won't even talk about the health risks. Yeah. You, you use things like gender-affirming care. What are you saying? Yeah. What are you saying when you're talking about children? Yeah. Why are you just accepting this? Because it, it's, it's a noble thing to blurt out. So everybody goes, you're on the right team. That's what it is. It's not like, oh my God, what are we doing to kids? It's not like, oh my God, what are we doing to San Francisco? It's not like, oh my God, why are we letting these violent criminals out of jail? It's like, yeah. oh my God, why are we defunding the fucking police? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You can't say any of those things. Do you say any of those things? But you you're just said it. Today's episode of Liberty Lockdown is brought to you by Phoenix Ammunition, the premier supplier to the militia industrial complex. And given the news from Texas of late, you might need to stock up with 100% of their sales going directly to American citizens. No military contracts, no law enforcement deals, simply the highest quality American made ammunition served directly to the people the Second Amendment was written for and the Ninth Amendment and the Tenth Amendment and the entire Bill of Rights. Phoenix Ammo uses the highest quality component parts and the most advanced quality control system in the country to deliver exactly what you expect while at the range or when your life is on the line and performance matters above all else. Head to F-E-N-I-X-Ammo.com. That's PhoenixAmmo.com. Subscribe to their propaganda newsletter and follow them on Twitter at Phoenix Ammunition for the latest in product updates, high quality trolling, small L libertarian commentary, and world-class meme warfare. You can save up to 25% off all day, every day with their automatic volume-based discounts come for the ammo stay for the memes phoenixammo.com and before we get back into the show i just wanted to say briefly that if you want to see me as the vice presidential candidate for the libertarian party very easy sign up to become a member of the libertarian party i will put a link in the description below it doesn't cost you hardly anything and then you go to your state convention you basically volunteer to be a delegate and then you will be one of just Usually it's like a thousand or less people that get to go to DC this year in May and cast your ballot for me. I know that sounds fucking crazy, 
I know it is crazy. It is crazy. But you have an opportunity to change the the dialogue on the national scale. It's the entire reason that I agreed to do it was because I saw value in that. So if you see value in it as well, that's how you do it. Become a member of the Libertarian Party. Become a delegate. Go to D.C. in May. Cast your vote for Clint Russell for vice president. I know it sounds retarded even when I say it, but it's retarded times, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get back into the show. (laughs) I, I certainly, I mean, I'm not of the left, so this doesn't, it doesn't surprise me to hear someone say it, but it does kind of surprise me to hear someone that was of the left feel that way. Uh, do you, I, I would assume, you know, quite a few liberals being, you know, where you're at, uh, has they, have you seen that awakening in them as well? Firstly, I just want to say, I love when, uh, Rogan has like a non-political comic on and yeah. he's just pulling them into this territory of things that they don't want to comment on They're a conversation that they don't want to have. Uh, but he's just, he, yeah. he's Bob, so, Bobby Lee, what do you think about the transitions? It's like, Bobby Lee doesn't have a fight <laughs> yeah, exactly. Problem. Uh, well, this is something that I feel like me and Dave have uh, talked about extensively on the show, and it's why we were a little bit excited about uh, Kennedy until he turned out to be a deep state supporter of Israel. Um, but sometimes you just want you want your Glenn Greenwalds of the world. You want your traditional left people. Yeah, which I love those fucking people. It's a different conversation where they, firstly, they're really into free speech. They they just understand free speech and people being able to verbalize their opinions yeah. are incredibly important. And press rights. Yeah, they somewhat understand the distinction, the real distinction uh, of the have and have nots, which are the people in power that are trying to subjugate us and take away our free will and our free speech and all of these things. And so they understand the enemy is the government, not my whiteness. And I think that that's I think that that's important um, where we tend to differentiate or like where the core argument becomes is on topics where they think that socialism makes more sense and that government should step in and provide health care. They should provide schooling. And I and they're usually anti-war. That's another big benefit of more traditional liberals is that uh uh, or at least what I would have viewed as an as an anti, you know, a traditional liberal hates war doesn't like the big banks, but wants more government spending for everyone who ever needs a need ever and doesn't really think that one through. But at least on the biggest issues, you're having a different conversation. And then the liberals have kind of changed now to it's more of just an allegiance to government where if government's going, hey, we need to have a Ukraine war, they're not really thinking about how many Ukrainians are going to die in this thing. Can they even win this war? What's the point? Is Putin really going to go and take over all of Russia? But it's just an allegiance to the system where if the system, the liberal system is kind of dictating to them, hey, this is important. It's like this post-COVID world where you got to you got to swear your allegiance to your team. And so if your team is saying things that wouldn't traditionally be, you know, advocating for war, well, I guess we're advocating for war now. So just to bring it back to this you know, this is Rogan kind of having his uh, a reckoning of, I would like to be a traditional liberal. I would like to be a person who roots for, hey, I care about the needs of the poor and I don't understand economics well enough to <laughs> not fully understand. Like, I understand intuitively the old school left, which is, hey, we need to have forcible wealth redistribution. 
because we have to care for poor people. I understand right. where that person is coming and, from. And, and we have to have government regulations because otherwise the corporations will run amok. Like it, it's it's dumb, but I get the logic. I, I at least get where you're coming from. And I also understand the flavor of uh, it's cartoonish, but the believing, hey, I'm I'm the nice person because I believe in force forced wealth redistribution, which is really what they believe in. But they think, hey, that's uh, that's what makes me a nice person. And that's what makes these Republicans mean, because we have all this money. We could be spending it to help people and they just don't want to help people. Um, I wonder I don't hear too many people who seem to be waking up. It seems like there's too many people really? that are still Damn, just playing for their teams. Uh, Trump is bad. And, you know, but. Uh, that's well, the, my general flavor. Yeah, uh, conspiracy extremist is asking about sending super chats. I apologize, I'm not seeing them in the feed. I do see the broader chat. I my episode that I released yesterday did get uh, partially monetized, so maybe they're they're thinking I'm talking about naughty things and they're not allowing super chats. Clint flying, knows? he's just taking your dollars and not reading your questions. <laughs> no, I would absolutely read it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that many people, like even if they're not saying it out loud. I think many people are realizing like there's something off with like what we're doing. I don't know how and like I I think there's a huge there's millions that have not even reassessed their priors. They haven't thought about the outcomes of any of the things that they've advocated uh, for over the past 3 years. There's mi millions of people like that. But there's also millions that are they're still in the cult. They're still biting their tongue. They're still not they're not going to voice any opposition cuz they don't want to be excommunicated cuz that's what this is. It is a religious cult um but i think inside like if they're if they're at all sane if they look at the reports and they're like a quarter million ukrainians like to defend democracy like are is this is that right and then and then it's like a 30 percent of of gen z or whatever is is self-identifying as non-binary is that right like you know like is that true 30 percent of gen z uh yeah dude it's Wild. fucking crazy. All right, look, we got a super chat right here. Okay. So Grasslands G's got it. Figure it out, conspiracy extremist. Jesus I think Christ. conspiracy theorists just didn't want to spend any money yeah, for a super yeah. chat. And now he's trying you to sneak his question in. What a piece that, of shit. That guy's guy the problem is. right there. You would think that after COVID and people having been so incredibly lied to and lives torn apart, businesses closed, staying in homes, losing losing loved ones that you didn't get to see because they were old and going to die anyways but because you were afraid of a virus you didn't go visit them uh, i i mean what happened to people over covid is remarkable and it's all turned out to be certifiably false at this point the six feet rule just kind of sort of appeared i don't know it just kind of sort of appeared the virus no nope, almost don't certainly do don't do it robbie but <laughs> lab i think lab no, is uh no, stop don't I look? I know you get away with it on part of the problem. I don't know what the fuck it is about my show, but I do not get treated as kindly. I as don't you think also. that's uh, controversial anymore to say that it was uh, most likely leaked from a lab. All right, I if think th throwing a most likely, then maybe we're all right. I don't know. I think th I think that's uh, Fauci himself will say that that is a uh, plausible theory. I don't think he, that there's oh, Robbie. Robbie, he's no longer the science. I don't know if you've heard, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, even even had the administration themselves say that uh, at no point in time did they research whether or not the virus would uh, stop. I mean, the uh, vaccine would prevent infection. I mean, that's now uh, from Deborah Burke. She said it in testimony. Uh, so the point I'm trying to make is that. I think if people the, were so <laughs> thoroughly lied to with COVID. And then you look at what's going on in Ukraine. They were sold, hey, we're winning this war. 
and that Putin's this evil guy who's going to go take over all of Europe? I mean, at what point do they have to confront the fact that that was certifiably false? Or people that weren't concerned with the border and they thought that uh, just building a wall was a racist policy? I think they're now for- being forced to confront the fact that uh, having an open border was not a winning strategy. So I think that there's a lot of people who probably just put some faith in the system and the idea of, oh, if as long as I'm a liberal, I'm a nice person. Yes. And I think some of them are starting to uh, have to confront the reality that uh, clearly, I mean, even the pitch of Biden's going to return us to normalcy. That was the big Biden pitch was the reason why everything is so screwy is because Donald Trump's in office and he's uh, there's so many racists that love him. And because they actually, of the they the actually pa- said that that Biden was the adult in the room. We had to get right. the adults back in the room. <laughs> right. And and that we would have the respect of the world again on account of having a, you know, an old school, real politician yeah. back in office. The, the Houthis don't seem to agree with that. They yeah. don't have much respect for him. Jesus. Christ. I mean, does the world seem more chaotic and like it's more at a tipping point of a possible world war three now than at any other point in our lives absolutely by a i don't know how any person who even loosely follows the news could possibly not be more or more likely to be woken up at this point and by yeah. the way the dei that whole world is starting to fall apart you know it all is, the man. profits that i think they were uh expecting to front run or force down our throats um the whole covid i mean the entire green energy transition plan uh kind of relied upon windmills that they didn't do the right math on and weren't going to work because they never it was never going to work the whole green energy transition you know unpopular uh having to go get a electric vehicle is now i think hertz is selling off more most of its fleet you know people aren't buying into any of this so and and there's also new studies out that say that if it's below 30 degrees, it, the charging time like triples and the battery <laughs> storage is like cut in half or something crazy like that. So people are realizing like, yeah, they bought into a new tech, you know, but they bought into a new tech too soon because it was subsidized by the government because the government said that it was going to save the world. Well, now you got to fucking deal with it, don't you? Um, and I, I hope that like, yes, you, the entire COVID era the entire green agenda, the entire ESG DEI framework, the entire divisiveness when it comes to race and sexuality and fucking everything else under the sun. It's like every single thing that they have foisted upon us over the past decade has been catastrophically bad for us. And, and it's like, it's, I guess my frustration is that it's not just everyone going, what the fuck are we doing? We have to turn around. This is obviously insane. But then like on the inverse of that, what do we have as the option? We got fucking Donald Trump again. The guy who got buffaloed into locking down the country. It's like, is that a fucking win? Is that is that is that our savior? Is that is our is that our saving grace? It's like the answer is clearly no. And to go back to the Texas story, I was very, very heartened, as I said, to see the 25, 26 governors all stand together. Then I'm on the show with Luke tonight and I get the word that Donald Trump has now, you know, put out a post saying that he wants everyone to stand with Texas and to send the National Guard. I'm like, no, no, Trump. Like now, now it's like fully going to go into the Trump is a fascist dictator spin cycle and states rights are no longer the issue. Ninth, Tenth right. Amendment. No one's going to care. I think you're right uh, that anytime Donald Trump is uh, preaching f- use of force and not, not listening to the system, it's not a win as the biggest uh, thing that they're trying to sell us on is exactly what you were saying, that Donald Trump is a secret evil dictator who doesn't respect the rule of law. Now, as to why the Supreme Court gets to not not quite rule on these things and not give us a reason, 
that th- I don't know why that's accepted that they just get to go, hey, the, uh, the federal government's allowed to remove the barbed wire and not give us a reason. I mean, I don't understand why. What's the reason? I, At I least- mean, I think it was based off of prior, uh, you know, prior judgments that said that, yes, the federal government has that that right. But from what but- I understand, they didn't give a reason. That, that's what I was reading was that no reason was given. That They, they didn't just give gave- an explanation. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't understand how they can get away with not giving an explanation. And then we- uh, the Biden administration just trying to sell us on the stupidity of that. Uh, Texas putting up the barbed wire is actually worse for border security. That's what they're yeah. trying to sell us on yeah, is that well, they, they are more the government, the Biden administration is interested in border security and that, that this barbed wire is getting in the way of them being able to secure our border while they have the most catastrophic border numbers. I think of any administration. Oh, by and, a mile. Yeah. By a mile in, in American history. Uh, we've never had this many people, 300,000 encounters in a month. I mean, that is that is a really serious amount. And when you consider that it's only coming across, you know, three states or four states, it's like, that's fucking, that's a ton of people. But going back to my original point of it, I think it's good to force the Biden administration's hand of showing up and tearing that down. Government does not like to exert force. What they like to do is threaten force yes. and have people comply. That's what they did with COVID, really. I never, you know, they tried to mandate away your job, but in a way that everyone could reference why someone else was at fault and then go, no one forced you to get this thing. They try and intimidate you as much as possible it into was, compliance. It was because a buck, buck passing extraordinaire. It was amazing. Yeah, because what happens is if they actually show up and they forcibly do something, no one likes that. No one likes seeing that they're actually being ruled over and that they're not free and that if there's something that we all want that's popular, such as being able to show up to your job, have a choice about whether or not you're going to get a vaccine or whether or not we're going to have border security. If government has to actually show up by force to remove a fence and then not replace it with any alternative plan that works better, right? I, I, they know. It's an I'm optics, saying th- it's an th- optics end. The powers that be know. I, I I talk about this on 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 Run Your Mouth. I'm going to be talking about tomorrow. But I think a lot of times what they do, it's a I call it the TV antenna, where they're playing with the antenna to see they don't actually know. What they do is they try and test these storylines and see if it's accepted by the general public. I think that's all that happened with these court cases. I don't actually think Donald Trump's going to be removed. Uh, from uh, being able to run for president or anything else. I think they were testing the storyline of, can we convince the American public that this guy's a criminal that should not be allowed to run again? Can we create the evidence of the fact that he's a criminal? Can we tie him up in enough court cases? Can we sell this story? And then they find out, oh, we can't really sell this story. And it's going to be civil war if if, if the most popular person running for president is not allowed to run. Well, they also they they painted themselves into a corner because they're saying they have to defend democracy by removing the the leader on the ballot. It's (laughs) like it's like, oh, well, even the insane left has to realize that sounds pretty fucking obviously crazy. I Um, so I think in this regard, uh, they I I think they're going to have a really tough time explaining why they forcibly remove defense without a better plan. Now, I would understand there's better ways to sell it. And government, you can hire me. You know what the better way to sell it is? You get the pictures of kids stuck in the barbed wire and go, specifically, the barbed wire is inhumane. We've told them that this is inhumane. And so we are going to put the following thing up in its place. 
And then you don't even have to do it. You can go, hey, we've built this surveillance and drone system. We're applying this amount of people to the border. The problem with the barbed wire is it's inhumane. And so we're not going to allow for it. I think you they can... ought to just they ought to just install like slip and slides that go over the barbed <laughs> yeah. wire. Just make it easier on them. Uh, there you go. But the point, the point I'm trying to make <laughs> is just ahead. that they have to try. They have to figure out how to sell it. And if they can't sell it, they end up with a problem. And I think here... It, the same thing always happens also with like shutting down the government where they try and pretend like it's the other side's fault. And then at some point someone folds if the Republicans, if the optics are that the Republicans are shutting down the government, then they fold. It's kind of who who's going to be at fault in the general uh, to the general public. I think yeah. on this one and maybe I have the bias of that. I think the border wall makes more sense and I'm not a traditional liberal, but it would seem to me if I as a gambling person. That most people think when you have this many people pouring over the border and you have a structure already built and you're saying that it just has to be forcibly taken down without any alternative plan, I think actually rolling in with troops and removing it is going to be really bad for the Biden administration. I think optically it's a dead end. I really do. But yeah. uh, this question ties into it. Mooksy Klang says, what do you think the chances are of a Texas versus the Fed shootout? Good luck on your VP run. Got my vote if I make it to national. Well, thank you for that. Um, look, I, I don't, I don't think that it comes down to that. Um, uh, if it does, then, I mean, tomorrow will be the most historic day in our lifetimes and it's not really close. I mean, like the, I think that the, the second and third closest would have been 9-11 and March 15th of 2020, the day that lockdowns began. Like those were the two most cataclysmic Maybe. days in my lifetime. This would be the, I think it would be number one. Yeah, maybe they bulldoze in and just say, hey, we need to live in a country where every state respects what the Supreme Court says. And uh, people do have a respect for that Supreme Court line. Um, so maybe that works. But I, I think forcibly going in there and removing it is going to be a losing strategy. Well, I don't think that they're going to be able to do that as long as the National Guard has actually been given orders to prevent it. So this is the real question. Like. I, my my gravest fear is that this is that's what comes to pass the 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 wind the wind scenario from my vantage point as a peaceful person who doesn't want to see any hot conflict would be that the Biden administration bluffs and blusters and the all the GOP governors that have stood together they they prevail just by having you know unity like they have just demonstrated like we're we got each other's backs we're with Texas don't do this. And then the Biden administration goes, we're going to, we'll see you in court. And then they fucking hightail it out of there. That's a win. Cause anytime you can get the feds to like bluff and bluster and then walk away, that's a huge win. It demonstrates uh, real fragility in their power system. And unfortunately also within that fragility will oftentimes be use of force, use of violence. And, and that's, that is, I think the worst case, well, there's two worst case scenarios. One they they roll in there and the Texas National Guard and Abbott cave and they say do whatever you got to do we're standing down, that's a huge loss, or if if they actually it comes to to blows that's a huge loss. The the win scenario I, as far as I'm concerned the only win scenario is if the Biden administration just relents entirely. What what's your read on that? Well, I think if uh, the Biden administration actually rolls in with tanks and bulldozers and then the uh, Texas uh, you know ar National army. Guard. National Guard stands to the side and go, all right, you guys showed up with your army. I think that uh, that's kind of a win anyways. Yeah, it's a win because it, 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 the Biden administration 
actually showing up and exerting its force over something so stupid. Uh, I don't think, I, I think it's going to be a hard sell. Yeah. Well, I and mean, then also, I think at some point the, uh, at some point the Supreme court's going to actually like rule on is the Biden administration. I guess, is it a derelict of duty? I don't know what the proper term would be here, but at what point, you know, it's interesting that the Texas is trying to say that there's an invasion here. Well, let, so, let, me, let me read the letter from Abbott because this will give us some of the language that, that they're utilizing. And I, I swear to you, I said, this read like, reads like the founder's grievances against the king. I love it with every fiber <laughs> of my being. I absolutely stand by that. That's exactly how it made me feel. He says, uh, this is yesterday. He says, the federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. I mean, just that first sentence is like such a fucking anvil. It's unbelievable. Then uh, he continues, the executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states, including immigration laws on the books right now. President Biden has refused to enforce those laws and has even violated them. The result is that he has smashed records for illegal immigration. Despite having been put on notice in a series of letters, one of which I delivered to him by hand in my wheelchair. Uh, he didn't say that. Uh, President Biden has ignored Texas's demand that he perform his constitutional duties. And he goes on to list off additional grievances. Uh, wrapping it up with the failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by Article 4, Section 4 has triggered Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which reserves to this to this state the right of self-defense. I mean, I'll, I'll end it there, but that is such a fucking here's, awesome moment. Here's what we should do. You ready? Yeah. I love, I love Bugs Bunny shit. So here's what we should do. We should publicly fund... <laughs> you have single-handedly made me less anti-Semitic. <laughs> There you go. That's what I'm here for. You know, that's uh, the, 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 the ADL should hire me just to get out there, be a normal person and uh, win people I, over I totally to, agree, dude. to not hating the you, Jewish You people. and Dave are doing, doing God's work in terms of decreasing the temperature on all of that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> just some uh, batch of COVID and AIDS. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how long you've lived with it, honestly. Yeah, it is incredible. Uh, what we should do is... By the way, we're pushing 400 live viewers. This may this is one of the most watched live streams I've ever done. This is awesome. Hell yeah. Well, we're on the... Uh, we're about to be a part of a revolution here. Historical moment. <laughs> Here's what they should do. Texas, they should just take down the barbed wire, and we should uh, basically have a public fund. Everyone donates. And to showcase how popular, uh, you know, uh, securing the border is. And just every day, put up some new thing. Just play their game back, which is a new lawsuit. I mean, how long did it take before the Supreme Court rolled on this one? Fine. The barbed wire in this spot wasn't okay. So we're going to move 10 feet back and we're going to put up uh, spears. Yeah. Okay, we can't put up the spears. So we're, we're going to... Now we have well, 10 feet behind that. We got trebuchets. Like, we're just keep going. Keep going. Yeah, just keep going. Just keep putting up some new thing every <laughs> single day. Let them win some lawsuit to pull this thing down and you put something else up. And you know what ends up happening? This is, I, by the way, I know I'm kind of talking nonsense here, but uh, Charles Murray wrote this book and he had this idea for the Madison Fund, which was a, it was a fascinating idea where he basically said, we need to create like... Um, enough money that lawsuits from the government, I think like for the EPA, it's almost too expensive because every single time they try and take something up, there's like this, basically a public lawsuit fund to go and defend. Um, the government has the upper hand when, I mean, it's really a cruel system. You look at how much money we put into public defense versus prosecution. Uh, and you know, if the government wants to come after you, they kind of have unlimited resources to do so. Uh, well, and it's they very, have your, your money to come after. They have you, your so, yeah. money to come after you. It's pretty rough. 
But if someone actually organized public funds at a level, which is kind of what happened in the trucker thing, people, it was popular enough to donate to that, that they had to shut it down. But if we actually were organized enough to create really good legal funds to go and fight the government back, yeah. it can become too expensive. And if they rack up too many losses, they cower. They're a bully. If they're yeah. losing and they can't exert their force and their agenda and it's not that expensive to go fight the government, they can't afford they can't afford it on their end either. Yeah. So well, it, what's what's frustrating to me is that like all of the unconstitutional stuff that gets done, uh, it seems like the the Democrat governors just do it constantly, and then they're right. like, then the Supreme Court a year and a half later shoots it down, and they're like, well, I'm going to repackage this ever so slightly, roll it out again. I'll see you. I'll see you in 18 months. But the right wing never does anything for like that would be in alignment with libertarian ideals, and like this is the first time that even though they're being alleged to be challenging the Supreme Court. In truth, I think they're doing exactly what our founders intended, which is that like Texas would have never entered the union if it was ever dictated that if you have hundreds of thousands of people entering your state that you have and, and the federal government will do nothing to stop it, that you have no right. It's unconstitutional for you to stop it. Well, I mean, they would yeah. have never entered the union ever. Should, but uh they should just play the game back because with the COVID stuff, for example, the big one was, uh, I, I think that you're talking about was, uh, landlords couldn't throw out tenants and it was yeah. based off of, uh, and then th they basically decided that the CDC didn't have the authority to do so, but they didn't really want to rule on it. So they just said, Hey, when, once this, once the time for the first action was over, they weren't going to renew it because the, the Supreme court's lazy. They don't really like to rule on these things, but to me, if the Biden administration overexerts on its authority, tells you that you're not allowed to throw out a tenant when you should be allowed to throw out a tenant, they should have to pay you back. And if we actually enforced that when the government takes away a right from you wrongfully, they have to actually pay you back for it, yeah. they, they, they wouldn't be able to do it. And but, so this is that's kind of that's kind of the case right now. It's like, right, you'll get you'll get a, a lawsuit against some police officer that beat the crap out of somebody. But like, who pays it? It's the taxpayer. Right. They don't take it from the pension of the cops. So it's like any time that they aggress upon us and we actually prevail in court, we get paid back with our own money. It's fucking right. it's, it's a real problem. Like, the, I think that that there ought to be a, a far greater criminal penalty when you violate the Constitution like that ought like the, the, everything else we do, like if you drive right. 120 miles per hour, like you can go to jail for a significant amount of time. But like if you actually violate everyone's civil rights for years straight, they'll just be like, that was wrong. And yeah, and just move on. <laughs> so it's Texas, like, what the fuck, dude? Texas should just play that game back and every single week roll out some different device at the border and let them tear it down and let it be a wily e. coyote roadrunner game. <laughs> well, look, just to play off the point that you were making about uh, the uh, eviction moratorium, which basically shattered property rights. This is the consequence of that when you have lefties. This is now how they view property rights. Listen to this. I'm stuck. I mean, it's bad to do at the same time. They're probably doing it for a reason. They need those things, but... They shouldn't just be going in and clearing the shelves because this isn't sustainable for the store. A lot of folks actually can't afford any of the things in there. I'm not saying that ceiling has to be the solution to that, right? However, I don't know, maybe the city could provide more accessible resources to unhoused or under-income under folks that can provide them like hair care, bodily care, hygiene care, etc. That could be an option. I mean, th this is a story based off of like CVS being shut down in these liberal hell holes because they, they no, no longer stop shoplifters for anything. It's fucking crazy.
I did a joke on my first end of your recap about uh, how upset the liberals were going to be when uh, all these stores pull out of their towns and they have nothing there. Uh, but I had the experience on the road. I don't even remember where the hell I was, but I somehow ran out of underwear. Maybe I shot my pants too many times on the road and I had to go and I had to pick up some underwear and it was like jewelry shopping. It's behind a case. I have to go find a, I have to go find an employee to open up the case so that I can inspect the, the, the shitty Hanes underwear that I'm going to buy. Yeah, it was man. like being in a high end jewelry store just to buy some stupid <laughs> fucking through the loom underwear they'll put they'll put fucking deodorant and shavers and like five eight dollar stuff behind glass that you have to have and then they only have because they can't afford the minimum wage in, in california is like 30 dollars an hour or something fucking crazy right. so so that they only have one dude working everything's behind glass so you have to wait a half an hour for someone to actually get over there and unlock the glass it's like well this is obviously unsustainable of course these businesses are going to shut down but this is what happens i mean this is why anarcho-capitalism this is why the the anarcho-capitalist wing of libertarianism is obviously the correct one as soon as you disavow property rights it's just a ticking time bomb like a civilization just comes to a screeching fucking halt and we're witnessing that in many areas of california this formerly unbelievably productive gorgeous state and it has just been shattered by these insane marxist policies i don't know how to, else to put it it's very frustrating um all right well i'll get one more one more topic and i'll get you out of here this is donald trump's uh <laughs> He did a little presser, and it is, you know, very Trumpian, as you would expect. My plan to dismantle the deep state and reclaim our democracy from Washington corruption once and for all, and corruption it is. First, I will immediately reissue my 2020 executive order restoring the president's authority to remove rogue bureaucrats, and I will wield that power very aggressively. Second, we will clean out all of the corrupt actors in our national security and intelligence apparatus, and there are plenty of them. The departments and agencies that have been weaponized will be completely overhauled so that faceless bureaucrats will never again be able to target and persecute conservatives, Christians, or the left's political enemies, which they're doing now at a level that nobody can believe even possible. Third, we will totally reform FISA courts, which are so corrupt that the judges seemingly do not care when they are lied to in warrant applications. So many judges have seen so many applications that they know were wrong, or at least they must have known. Uh, just brief interlude here. Uh, it's so fucking frustrating to me that this man, like what he's talking about with the FISA courts, like they, they, the FBI filed false affidavits to essentially coup him <laughs> and and his answer to that is reform what the fuck is happening like why would it not be abolition at, at what what would they have to do to get him to be on board with abolition of these unbelievably unconstitutional done in secret courts if if not that obviously the answer is never he he will support them forever am i wrong um yeah well first is i can't believe that this guy is just not walking skin cancer like that he doesn't just touch people and then they get skin cancer i mean the degree he, he is extraordinarily orange now i mean he's taking it so crispy he's going full-scale tater tot like there's like it's not even skin on him anymore this is an overcooked mcdonald's french fry but anyways orange man uh, rad <laughs> i don't believe for one second donald trump's gonna do anything 
I think uh, I, I I think the I think everything exciting happens behind closed doors. I think the Carrie Lake phone call uh, kind of shows you directly the actual conversations that these for people real, have. Yeah. And uh, I I seem to remember I got to look this up for tomorrow's run your mouth, but I think. Trump was thinking about pardoning Assange and McConnell kind of gave a, gave him a phone call yeah. and said, hey, listen, you know, you, you can go sail in the sunset. But if you do this, you're going to face any there was some sort of a threat made. Yep. And I think uh, you look at Donald Trump's cabinet picks the last time he was in office. Um, and I think his intuition for the covid stuff was uh, that we should all just be working and that this is nonsense. But behind closed doors, I think sometimes threats are made that you got to be on board with this. You got to be on board with this. Yep. And well, not even not even necessarily threats. And in the case of uh, what's the, what you brought her up earlier, the 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 audio that just got leaked yesterday. Oh, the Carrie say, Lake. Yeah, Carrie Lake. I wanted to say Nikki. I don't know why. Uh, but the Carrie Lake audio, it's like, no, they're I mean, they'll offer you bribes. And then like on the inverse of the bribe is like, well, if you decline this bribe, well, then anything's possible right you know the the cartels are in all 50 states uh, just wanted to mention that for no reason in the same fucking phone call now it is wild i think i think people need to really reflect on what our political system is at the highest level i think there are wins to trump over biden for freedom which are uh essentially delaying aggressive actions. Like I think if Trump's in office, you're not going to see a central bank digital currency. You're not going to see as much money rolling into green energy initiatives. You're not going to see as much uh, uh, government spending on trying to train us for the woke agenda. Uh, you're not going to, you might see wars avoided because like uh, I think Trump managed to avoid a Syria war I think that there's certain things that Donald Trump can accomplish, which is somewhat just delaying the ultra progressive agenda, which is very negative. I don't think I, I think Donald Trump would probably get in the way of, uh, you know, them pushing even more money for trans stuff, which in the money drive the driver of everything. Like I remember reading that Biden, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Obama changed some laws that, uh, you know, if, if you're like a testosterone clinic, you can't decline uh, basically also giving that care to people who want to tra transition and then forcing insurance companies to cover these things. Everything's money related, but all right, just to stay a little bit focused here, get all ADD crazy on you. I don't think any of these bigger issues such as taking down the deep state, uh, Donald Trump, he said it the last time, I'm going to drain the swamp. He's not. You know why? Because conversations behind happen behind closed doors. Donald Trump wants to be president. And I think uh, all these lawsuits, all these things, by the way, I hope it doesn't happen. But if you see Nikki Haley in his cabinet, you know what happened? That was the ultimatum. Hey, you can be president, but this person's coming in. And yep. now Nikki Haley might not be that person, but I promise you his cabinet, his cabinet is not going to be Rand Paul, uh, Colonel McGregor, no. uh, Mike Flynn. It, it, it's, Tucker Carlson. It, yeah, it ain't going to be any of the people that we God bless. enjoy. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he comes Maybe. in there and he goes in there and he goes, I just won this and I'm going to prosecute Biden and I'm going to go after the Clintons and I'm going to shut down the FBI. But everything I hear from him sounds like the guy just wants to be back in office. And there's some tangible wins to that. It is a rebuke to the system, but I don't think he's cleaning house. I don't think he's aggressively going after anyone. I think he just wants the job title again. Yeah. Well, two quick notes. Uh, well, 
Yes, I think he wants the job title, and I also think he would like to not go to prison. And It'll cut deals. It, I'm just saying, deals are cut, and it's yes. and we don't get to see when the deals are cut. Everything exciting happens behind closed doors. Yeah, well, two two quick notes. So first off, I had an hour-long conversation with Donald Trump Jr., uh, basically one-on-one. It was me and Josie and him, uh, and, and I was just chewing this dude's ear off, and he was totally an open book, super down-to-earth, cool guy. Like, I was stunned. I thought he was going to be a total asshole. Good guy. Uh, so... I, it, it, it improved my impression of Donald Trump that his son would be that cool because I, I expected him to be like some stuck up asshole. And he really wasn't. Um, so and, and also his son seemed to be a deep thinker. He didn't seem to be an ideologue. As I was talking, I talked to him about Israel, Palestine. I talked to, to him about the Las Vegas shooting. I talked to him about a bunch of things. I, it was all off the record, so I can't say what he said. But he was clearly a thinker, you know, and he was not he was not like stuck in his position he was very open to what i had to say about about the palestinians like i imagine basically dave smith sitting down with someone who's like leaning towards israel like that's what i did to him for 20 minutes i was just like bah, 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 bah. you know they're fronting hamas da, 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 da. and he's like he's like oh that's interesting you know like he's wasn't wasn't offended at all so i think that there's there's potential to work with the trumps like i think that they they are able to be influenced and a lot of people would say that's what makes trump that's his weakness but I, I think that's actually the opposite like the the he wants to be loved so badly that if we in, influence him adequately that we say we will love you to the end of time all you have to do is abolish the fbi well then maybe you know like it, it's it's not outside of the realm of possibility i will say it's very unlikely but it's not outside the realm of possibility and someone asked uh who should we vote for look i know many of you are going to vote for donald trump regardless uh i'm sure some of you are biden supporters I hope you stop watching my show, but um, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure many of you intended to vote for Trump. I'm of the opinion if you're in a swing state and and you think that it matters, God bless. I think that if if you are if you've been a listener of mine for three years and you've been as uh, deeply affected by the lockdown era as as me and my loved ones were, I think that if you have the opportunity, you ought to cast a, a protest vote, especially if you're in a hard red or blue state where it's not going to fucking matter anyways. Cast it for the libertarians. Let the world know that, like, yes, I'm putting my foot in the ground. I want to see real fucking, not, not reform. I want to see real abolition. That's my position. Um, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Do you want to watch the last minute of, of Trump's speech? Sure. They do nothing about it. They're lied to. Fourth, to expose the hoaxes and abuses of power that have been tearing our country apart, we will establish a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to declassify and publish all documents on deep state spying, censorship, and corruption. And there are plenty of them. Fifth, we will launch a major crackdown on government leakers who collude with the fake news to deliberately weave false narratives and to subvert our government and our democracy. When possible, we will press criminal charges. Sixth, we will make every inspector general's office independent and physically separated from the departments they oversee so they do not become the protectors of the deep state. Seventh, I will ask Congress to establish an independent auditing system to continually monitor our intelligence agencies to ensure they are not spying on our citizens or running disinformation campaigns against the American people, or that they are not spying on someone's campaign like they spied on my campaign. 
basically this is like the the Ten Commandments, but it's all like shit that affected him. <laughs> it's like it's like y'all, thou shall not fuck with the Trump. <laughs> we will continue the effort launched by the Trump administration to move parts of the sprawling federal bureaucracy to new locations outside the Washington Swamp. Just as I moved the Bureau of Land Management to Colorado, as many as 100,000 government positions could be moved out, and I mean immediately, of Washington to places filled with patriots who love America, and they really do love America. Ninth, I will work to ban federal bureaucrats from taking jobs at the companies they deal with and that they regulate. So they deal with these companies and they regulate these companies and then they want to take jobs from these companies. Doesn't work that way. Such a public display cannot go on and it's taking place all the time like with Big Pharma. Finally, I will push a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on members of Congress this is how I will shatter the deep state and restore government that is controlled by the people and for the people. All right. Well, first, I don't buy it. Some of those are decent ideas and some of them are terrible. Um, yeah. I, Congress term limits. I don't think that that's. I, I don't know. I don't know that that's a major win for the deep state. Like, I, I mean, personally, I like Thomas Massey. He can stay in Congress yeah. for his entire career. I don't know why. I would like him to stay in there until he's older than Joe Biden. <laughs> right. But I don't know specifically why long term Congress members, if they're winning their elections and powers the deep state. Uh, the other one he said about Congress was uh, a commission of some sort to regulate. But like Congress and the Senate, they're already supposed to do that. But every time they pull people in, you get the same story of, well, it's part of an ongoing investigation. So I don't, I don't understand the mechanisms for how they uh, plan on changing so that oversight can actually exist. Um, so th that one just doesn't sound uh, like anything. Um, what, the what, one he what, said about whistleblowers is very interesting yeah. because he did have a big problem of people making up nonsense, saying it's the news and it getting reported and then turning out to never have been true. Uh, but on the same note, whistleblower protections are kind of important. So I, I don't, exactly. th that one, that one just, that, that one doesn't sound entirely thought out, even though he was, he was a victim of what was unfair. Yes. And so there is something that needs to be corrected for, but, but there's still, there's still press rights. People still have a right, right. to lie. I mean, that, right. That's the way the he's verbalizing that, uh, does sound like something that could be pitched as, Hey, this guy's trying to be a dictator. Uh, what were the other? What were the other two at the back half? Because there were two other that struck out to me as just uh, didn't sound well, like a win. Here, here's just to encapsulate my my entire yeah. evaluation of this is basically, look, what he's experienced has been one of the the most egregious attacks by the government against anyone that's in the political establishment that I've ever witnessed, and it was for years, for fucking seven, eight years straight now, he's just been under the gun the entire time. And and for him to still just talking about commissions and term limits and shit, it's like, and, and uh, you know, reevaluating the, the FISA courts. It's like, none of this is, why, like- right, get rid always, of the FBI and the CIA. Do the real yeah, shit. Dude, like, why, why are we still talking about reform? What is happening? Why, if there's anyone 
Like Vivek sounds like he gets it more than Trump does. Trump, you're facing 750 years in prison, bro. Get serious about this stuff. You're not going to get Congress to like form commissions that are going to, you know, harness the power of the government. And, and term limits are just going to make these fucking people corrupt faster. They're going to get in there for four years. And they're going to be like, give me the bag. Give me the bag as fast as possible. It's fucking, it's like, it's all a dead end. And I, I understand. Yes, he's better than Biden. But Jesus Christ, wake up, people. We need way more. Yeah, uh, uh, one of the things he addresses, which doesn't come up enough, is uh, the revolving door of uh, government positions to working for corporations is a significant problem. It happens in every industry. I mean, Nikki Haley, they're going from a defense contractor to you know writing contracts for them. Dick Cheney, I mean, he was the same way. Uh, obviously, Fauci, whatever payments were coming through the NIH, and then the fact that the guy who's uh, and uh, one, one of the heads of Pfizer used to be the head at the FDA. It happens in every single industry. Yep. And it is a, a significant. Azar, I think, was his name. Right. Yeah, it and it is a significant. put him in charge of fucking the FDA. Like, what are we talking about? It is a significant problem. It, like, I, I, I'll i be the first to tell you. I, I mean, but you also have the problem of if you're going to have a government and you need people to govern, you do need experts. Nope. And sometimes. Nope. What? Nope. I want garbage men. I want garbage <laughs> men put into the head of the FDA and the, <laughs> the defense, uh, you know, secretary of defense. I want just total blue collar dudes that don't know a fucking thing about what they're supposed to do. I swear, like, what? what is the, like, Fauci has been in this position for 40 fucking years, practically. And he's, he's as wrong about everything. He's as corrupt as it gets. Like, is there really any value with being – like, when people talk about Vivek, they'd be like, well, he's not experienced. We can't expect him to get in there and actually fix things. I'm like, bullshit, we can't. Like, that's what you need. You need a dude who just comes in there going, I don't know what I'm not supposed to be able to do. I'm just going to do fucking all of it. That's what I wanted to see, at least. I get I it. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I derailed you with a fucking the normal Clint rant. Anyways, no, no, Robbie. It's all good. It's all good. This was great. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for, for doing a late night with me. Uh, I will uh, be in Georgia tomorrow for mm. the uh, – I, I am moderating the presidential debate. If anybody wants to come and say hi, it's in Atlanta or outskirts of Atlanta. Uh, just Google Georgia State Convention Libertarian Party. I'm sure tickets will pop up. Uh, Tower Gang is going to be doing a live show after the presidential debate, which is the fucking stupidest thing that anyone has ever, ever thought about. But they paid us to go out there, so we're going to do it. Uh, Robbie, also, I, before we get out of here, I might might mention to you, I don't even know if you've noticed, but I have announced that I am running for the vice presidency of the United States. Oh, very cool. Hell yeah. 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 So uh, people had been... Who, uh, who are you up against? No one. Nice. But there will be... Uh, so the way it works for people that don't know how the system works, what makes the Libertarian Party different is that in May we have delegates. So there'll be like a thousand delegates, you know, apportioned from all of the states that fly to D.C. and they all get to cast a vote for the president and the vice president. So the president doesn't get to select the VP, <laughs> but because the president gets selected first, people that don't win the presidential uh, race will have the option of being nominated for the VP race. So there's a good chance that whoever loses the presidential race, I will be up against them to see if I can get the VP slot. I didn't want to do this. So honestly, if you guys don't want me, I really don't give a fuck because I don't want to be doing this. But I've had so many people, m most people wanted me to run for president. And I was like, I definitely don't have the time for that. I, I would not be able to give it my all. So I'm not going to do that. The VP slot seems like something I can accommodate. I can bring our message to the largest media platforms. And I think I can, I can do basically a, 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 a C minus job of what Dave Smith could have accomplished. Like that's kind of my, my vision for it. So, 
Um, I don't know. That's why I'm doing it, man. Fucking retarded. Exciting, huh? dude. Very cool. <laughs> I'm nervous. Anyways, go ahead and tell, tell my audience where they can follow you, brother. Uh, Robbie the Fire, all one word, cranking out, run your mouth episodes. Uh, did a great one recently with uh, David Column. If you've never checked out the show, I think you'd like that. Other than that, uh, I'm in this weekend with uh, Dave Smith uh, in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. We got a live podcast Friday night, two shows Saturday. And uh, for more dates, you can go to my website, RobbieTheFire.com. Love it. If you want to follow me or support my work at Liberty Lockpot on X, if you subscribe, I will follow you back. And uh, LibertyLockdown.locals.com if you want to support my work. I, people have been saying that my camera's shitty. Hey, throw me some fucking bones and I'll get a better camera, all right? Say my lighting's shitty. Throw me some bones, I'll get a better, better camera, better lighting. All right. So anyways, love you guys. I will catch you in a couple days. We are out of here. Peace. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?